It's Tuesday, September 3rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. The U.S. is reportedly nearing a peace deal with the Taliban. We're diving into why these talks are happening in the first place and what they might mean for the future of Afghanistan. Then, how the latest round of U.S. tariffs on Chinese products affects you and why China is now taking the U.S. to court. And finally, another new app that wants your face. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. The most complicated story of the day is about Afghanistan and peace talks to end the U.S. war there. Yesterday, a top U.S. official announced that a peace deal with the Taliban in Afghanistan could happen soon. That would be big news, because the U.S. war in Afghanistan has dragged on for almost 18 years. But even as the U.S. and Taliban are talking peace, there's still a lot of turmoil. Hours after this latest announcement, the Taliban claimed responsibility for yet another deadly attack in Kabul. So, things are complicated. And we're going to get into why the U.S. and Taliban are talking in the first place, the details of a possible peace deal, and what that deal could mean for the future of Afghanistan. First, let's go back to the start of the U.S. war in Afghanistan. After 9-11, Congress voted to authorize the use of U.S. military force against those responsible for attacking the U.S., and President George W. Bush signed it into law. The U.S. knew that the terror group al-Qaeda was to blame, and that Afghanistan's ruling Taliban government was protecting them. So Bush demanded that the Taliban hand over al-Qaeda's leader, Osama bin Laden. But the Taliban refused. So on October 7, 2001, the U.S. started bombing al-Qaeda terrorists and the Taliban. And by December, the Taliban had been effectively chased from power, though it remained a militant group with some level of support in Afghanistan. And in the meantime, U.S. troops have stayed there. Around 14,000 are still deployed to Afghanistan, and more than 2,400 American troops have died there since 2001. Presidents Obama and Trump both campaigned on ending the war in Afghanistan, meaning bringing those troops home. But figuring out how to do that without giving up control of Afghanistan to terrorists or groups like the Taliban has been tricky. It's especially tricky now because the Taliban is back and stronger than it's been in a long time. By some estimates, the Taliban now controls or holds sway over half of the country, and Afghan troops are struggling to hold the group there. In a sign of how secure the Taliban feels, the group proposed starting peace talks with the U.S. early last year. The U.S. seemed in on the idea, and by the end of 2018, the U.S. and Taliban started meeting face-to-face, -face, with a key player shut out, the current Afghan government. That's right. The U.S. helped bomb the Taliban out of power in 2001 and spent billions to support the new Afghan government and military. But with the Taliban gaining strength and the Afghan government still not on its feet, the U.S. agreed to cut the Afghan government out of the talks. And on Monday, the U.S. official leading the peace talks, Zalmay Halizad, said that the talks are nearing an end. They've reached a tentative agreement. Here's what that means as of now. More than 5,000 U.S. troops would leave Afghanistan within the next five months. That's about a third of the troops currently in the country. We don't know exactly what the Taliban would agree to in exchange, but by some accounts, they would have to cut ties with al-Qaeda, stop harboring terrorist groups, and stop fighting the Afghan government. 
the U.S. official in charge said, this deal has been agreed to, quote, in principle, and only needs President Trump's approval, meaning this deal could happen really soon. So what could it mean for Afghanistan? Because even if all this works out as planned, the idea of peace talks with the Taliban is still controversial. Some see the U.S. cutting the Afghan government out of these peace talks as abandoning an ally and chatting with a violent repressive group like the Taliban instead. Second, even if the Taliban signs on the dotted line, there's no guarantee that it'll lead to peace in the region. Al-Qaeda is still a problem, but now there's also the Islamic State, which is gaining strength in Afghanistan. And importantly, there's concern about what this peace deal would mean for women's rights in Afghanistan. Back in the 90s, when the Taliban ran Afghanistan, girls over the age of eight were banned from going to school. Women and girls also weren't allowed proper medical treatment. Since then, they've gained some rights, and the Taliban has said it would respect women's rights in the future. But the New York Times reported earlier this month that, so far, the Taliban isn't being held to that as part of this deal. So what's the skim? U.S. and Taliban representatives have reportedly agreed on the basic details of a peace plan that could lead to the withdrawal of thousands of U.S. troops from Afghanistan. But this isn't a done deal yet, especially if the Taliban keeps launching attacks like the one this week. And this peace deal isn't a clear winner back home, either. A poll last year found that Americans want the U.S. to leave Afghanistan, but don't think negotiating with the Taliban is the right move. When you ask politicians, the reactions are mixed. 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden says the Afghan government should have been at the negotiating table. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has insisted that a good deal needs to prioritize future counterterrorism plans. But still, others say wars are either won or lost. Just listen to Fox News analyst Britt Hume condemning a possible U.S. Taliban deal on Fox News on Sunday. This is called losing. You know, yes. If we completely, ultimately abandon that situation over there, partly because it's unpopular, partly because people are frustrated with it, partly because it's been going on so long, we're not likely to appreciate the results, and the public won't either. Coming up, China is trying to stop U.S. tariffs by telling mom and dad, otherwise known as the World Trade Organization. We'll explain. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes. But today, hiring can be easy with ZipRecruiter. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Sunday marked a big development in the U.S. trade war with China. Another round of tariffs went into effect. This time, it's a 15% tariff on about $110 billion worth of Chinese goods. President Trump started imposing tariffs on China about a year and a half ago, saying that China hasn't been fair with their trade policies. China retaliated, and the world's two largest economies have been going back and forth ever since. But this set of tariffs is different. It marks the first direct hit to consumers' wallets, affecting about two-thirds of the stuff we buy in stores, like food, clothes, shoes, and electronics. So now, companies have to spend more to import those goods here. And that means you may end up paying more for the same stuff. 
And according to the New York Times, economists say that the tariffs will cost the average family about $460 over the course of a year. The move by the Trump administration is meant to put the pressure on China. But higher prices can mean less consumer spending in the U.S., which is not great for the economy. While the U.S. has begun taxing those goods, China has started imposing 5% tariffs on U.S. crude oil. It's part of China's bigger plan to tax about $75 billion worth of American goods. Classic tit for tat. High-level negotiations are supposed to start back up this month. Both countries have promised more tariffs will come in December if their talks don't get better. Here's Trump at the White House on Sunday. We'll see what happens, but we can't allow China to rip us off anymore as a country. We can't allow China to take $500 billion a year out of our country. We can't do that. So Trump says, we'll see what happens, while China is saying, this isn't fair. Yesterday, China filed a lawsuit over the tariffs with the World Trade Organization. That's the international organization in charge of limiting the tariffs each country can impose. They're like the world tariff referee. This is the third time China has challenged Trump's tariffs in WTO court. China says these latest tariffs go against an agreement between Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping. The U.S. is arguing that this situation is between the two of them and that it doesn't have to play by WTO rules in this case. Unfortunately, the WTO takes a really long time to decide these things, like years, which means the U.S. and China could end up reaching a deal well before the WTO decides whether this trade war was fought fairly after all. Meanwhile, the markets are feeling the heat today. In the U.S., markets opened this morning for the first time since these tariffs went into effect, and stocks fell pretty quickly. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 285 points at the end of the day. China's economy could be feeling the hurt, too. Chinese economic growth slowed to its lowest rate in 27 years, and the country's currency fell to an 11-year low. Want to learn more about how the tariffs are affecting your wallet? Head over to theskim.com money. Remember that iconic scene from the movie Titanic with Leo and Kate on the bow of a ship? The one everyone tries to replicate every time they're on a boat? Well, now there's an app that really puts you there. It's a Chinese app called Zhao. It was added to China's iOS app store on Friday, and it quickly went viral, and reportedly almost crashed Zhao's servers. The way it works is, you upload pictures of your face and choose from a bunch of TV and movie clips, from Game of Thrones to Titanic. After a few seconds, the app superimposes your face onto the actor's body, and suddenly there you are, professing your love to Kate Winslet. But of course, there's a catch, a big one. Zhao's user agreement said that by using the app, you surrender the intellectual property rights of your face to Zhao, who can then use it for marketing purposes. Enter immediate internet backlash. Today, Zhao said they updated the user agreement, which means now you get to keep the rights to your face. Thanks a lot. For more on the history of deepfakes like the ones you can make on Zhao, we've got an audio notes available on the Skim app. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from a Lido deck off the coast of the UK. A Viking cruise ship set off from London this weekend. 
trying to set the Guinness World Record for the longest continuous passenger cruise. 245 days, over 50 countries, six continents. If you're one of the 930 passengers, this trip is likely to set you back about $93,000, at least. But don't expect to make that money back on board. There are no casinos on this cruise. But the cruise does offer lectures, performances, and free excursions in every port to keep passengers entertained. It's being called the ultimate world cruise. We see lots of buffet lines in their future. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and make sure you subscribe and leave a review. For more Skim, you can check out our premium content by downloading our app or get our free morning newsletter by subscribing at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.